believing ourselves and look what's happened, it's unreal. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast, a very special episode this time. I say that every podcast, but it really is this time because it is a preview for the Women's European Championships, which of course the Northern Ireland women have qualified for. Uh, my name is Andy Bell. I am joined for this preview by, uh, first of all, Megan Bell for the first time. Uh, Megan is a, a footballer. That's a massive seagull just walking towards me. I'm really scared of them. I'm just going to make a I'm sorry about that. Um, Megan is a, is a footballer for Northern Ireland and Rangers women. Unfortunately, is not part of this uh, of this squad um, due to injury. Of course, she would have been picked uh, if it weren't for that. But still, has played a massive part in the qualification process. So, uh, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Thank you. Excellent stuff. And uh, I'm also joined by Lauren McCann to preview these games. Uh, I'm not going to list everything Lauren does because I quite like to get this out before <laughs> kickoff on Thursday night. But Lauren, nice for coming on. How are you feeling? You excited? Yeah, I'm good. I'm buzzing for next week for the game that I'm actually going to. And I'm hopefully going to try and catch some of Thursday's game from some dodgy stream in Slovakia, hopefully. <laughs> Excellent stuff. That sounds like probably a better connection than I have here. <laughs> um, because my flat Wi-Fi decided to pack it in an hour before this, which is just typical. Um, so I'm really worried about the cloud that's just above me right now. I'm really worried about the wind and how this is going to sound. But we wanted to get something out anyway, um, because I'll, I'll, I'll just start with you, Lauren. Um, it's, it's just one of the biggest moments and, uh, and one of the biggest things in, in this country's sporting history. You know, a lot of people talk about Euro 2016 and, you know, our podcast is named after it for the men's. Um, 1983-1986 qualified for two World Cups against all the odds. But this really was, you know, against all the odds, absolutely all of them. Um, due to the sort of catching up that women's football has to do in terms of, not women's football has to do, but in terms of the funding for it and the recognition of it uh, over the last few years, I feel like the gap between kind of the minnows and the smaller countries and the bigger countries is bigger than what it is in the men's game. So for these girls to qualify for this, it's just phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable, especially, you know, when you look at the qualifying campaign and where Northern, Northern Ireland were, especially when Kenny first came into where they are now and, you know, the realistic game of going out there and getting something at the Euros as well, not just kind of turning up, you know, obviously the games against Norway and England are, are going to be extremely difficult, so will the Austria game too, but there is kind of hope that you can get something out of that game and, you know, as you said, to go and do Euros is unbelievable, but to go in with hope that you can actually get something out of the game, just as you said, shows how far Northern Ireland have come in such a relatively short space of time from when can I take over absolutely and Megan how does, it, how does it feel like for you I know you're obviously got it to miss this, this tournament they've, but they've played a part in the qualification process and, and played a part in what well, what Kenny Shields says is, is probably the biggest sporting achievement in, in Northern Irish football in history it's, it's just phenomenal isn't it and how are you excited to, to be watching from the sidelines and to be cheering the girls on yeah obviously at the start it was a little bit mixed emotions and, and um, I was gutted but more than that, and it probably takes over that I'm so excited to watch my teammates and my best friends like take to the pitch at a major tournament. And that's something that like for years would have been against all odds. And us qualifying was against odds when you look at the um the world rankings and stuff. But yeah, I'm so excited and the girls will go and give a good account of themselves. I know that. They absolutely will. And and, and just a uh... On a personal note for you, Megan, how's the, the recovery from the injury going? I mean, you haven't half had some bad luck in your career. I mean, it was, I think, 17 months, was it, uh, the initial injury um, around sort of this time last year you came back from and then to pick up another yeah. one after sort of fighting so hard to, to come back and get fit. Like, mentally, um, how difficult is that for you right now? 
Um, it's very, very difficult. Um, and obviously, yeah, as you said, I've had a long spell out of the game and um, I thought I was really starting to find my feet and um, things were starting to click for me again. But look, I do believe everything happens for a reason. I know coming out of the end of obviously the last injury and again, as I start to progress more in this injury and when I get to the end of this, I know that I'll be more mentally tough for it. But when you're in the middle of something like it, um, it's really hard to obviously think that way and be like so positive when it's very easy to fall into the like a little hole in negativity so yeah no it is tough but as I say um it's something that I'm gonna have to come to terms with and um hopefully set that aside and and enjoy my time in Southampton. No absolutely and I think you, you know you did a phenomenal job to come back so strong from that, that first injury to come back into the, the Scottish League and, and makes up such an impact for Rangers as well so you know fair play to you and fingers crossed for you coming back from this one. Um, and Lauren, uh, let, let's, let's talk a little bit uh, about the, well, we'll talk a little bit about the group in general coming up. It was, I, th- I think for the girls and for Kenny, it, they were quite happy with the draw from their perspective of they have played all these nations in, well, the last two, two and a half years, I think. Obviously, Norway was the first game under, under Kenny Shields and the third game, actually. Um, Austria, we played in the last World Cup qualifying campaign and England as well, uh, probably as recently as our, maybe even our last two uh, competitive games, I think it was. Um, those last two games against England and Austria. So while when you look at it and the rankings of those teams and the quality of those teams and where those players are playing, it, it looks like a very daunting draw and any draw for Northern Ireland at a major tournament is going to be daunting. That's just the facts of it. The fact that they do have the analysis and the videos to go off and not only, you know, it's, it's, it's a humongous ask to go there and get anything for, out of any of these games, even the Austria ones possibly the most likely. Um, but, you know, even there, we're massive, massive underdogs for that game, given Austria's pedigree and the players they have and, you know, all these players playing in the Champions League. But at least there's something to go off there and something to, sh- to show tangible improvement from previous games. And I think that probably is the aim going, uh, going into these games. Would you agree? Yeah, you know, um, having spoken to Marissa before, it was kind of the squad's assumption was, you know, at least Game it's going <laughs> to... It was, it was familiarity was, you know, the key for them. They had obviously said, as you said, you know, any draw would have been difficult given the teams that are in the Euros, but it was that familiarity. I know they haven't played Norway in a few years, but even then, you know, it's kind of the charter, the progress under Kenny from, you know, Norway when he first took over to now having, you know... a the, the domestic squad having six months full time training under the belt would be really interesting to see the progress that's been made and especially Austria I feel like maybe there's a bit of a revenge in there you know the game we played in the <clears throat> recent qualifying campaign you know Northern Ireland were well in that game and then a few mistakes at the back cost them but you know they get a good back and then even still look likely that they're going to score again so I think that definitely is the game many will be looking at is being able to get something out of you know even to score a goal in that game would be amazing but um England obviously is another another tough ask, but as you said, you know, there is that experience of playing them. So I think it kind of takes the pressure off. You know, they know what to expect from these teams and it'll do them the world of good, especially, you know, going out in such a big stage. I'm sure the Narbs will be there on, on Thursday, but it'll also be excitement. And, you know, as you said, going out with there's nobody to prove just to get anything from the group would be amazing. So I think there's kind of that that underdog tag that Northern Ireland will relish. Absolutely, yeah. And, and Megan, I think you played in that first uh, Norway game under Kenny Shields. You started that game. Um, and obviously, those two games really have become quite famous in the Kenny Shields Northern Ireland story and the, and the story of you girls, because you know, it, there's kind of everyone always talks about it, whether it's you girls, whether it's Kenny, whether it's kind of the IFA. And when talking about this story and, and saying about you know, how Kenny tried to implement that, that style of playing out from the back right from that game, 
Um, and even though obviously at the start there were teething problems, there was some getting used to it because you know Northern Ireland sides historically don't really don't really play with that style. Um, you were told to keep doing it, keep playing out from the back. I remember having Nicola McCarthy on here, and and she said she was at the game that night. Um, and said, you know, the one thing that kept coming from the bench was keep playing out, keep doing it this way, keep doing it this way. Um, how much do you, how much weight would you put on that game uh, in the in the in the development and the learning under under Kenny Shields? And um, you think it was, you know, the, the resilience that you got to show to kind of come back from two six 0 defeats and keep playing the same way and keep the faith in the management, and uh, that probably has has ended up being a, a major part of where we are today. Yeah, look, I think. This, as the saying goes, practice makes perfect. Um, Kenny does have a, a style of play that um, he wants the player from the back and he wants people to be brave on the ball. And I think it's testament to him sticking to that style of play when we get beat 6-0 twice. And that game is a massive learning curve for the girls. And again, testament to the girls for sticking at it because it would have been easy to throw the towel in and say, flip me. We beat six 0 Let's just start kicking the ball at the pitch again. But no, and and the girls that night were brave. Um, and I think it probably comes down to that. Um, like how brave the girls were to still stick to that. And as I said, it's a massive learning curve. And um, I think you've seen that as as the games progressed in the group, we got better and better, and we got more confident, and we became more brave, and we started to risk the ball. And and those are Kenny's key terminologies. Um, so yeah, and. As I said, it's, it's paid off now because, I mean, we qualify for a major tournament out of a group that we probably should never have qualified out of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just how good a team are they? I mean, obviously, that was one of your probably first internationals, Megan. And, um, you know, like coming up against these players here, you know, you look down the, the, the players in the squad playing for Lyon, playing for Barcelona and playing, you know, for top WSL sides. I mean, how daunting was that kind of as a, well, I guess you would have been 17, 18 at the time? And just how good were they and how much do you learn from you know playing against players of that quality? Look, those are the games that you want to play in. Um, and you want to be playing and testing yourself against the big players and the best players in the world all the time. So, um, look, we knew going into the game how good Norway were. We didn't obviously underestimate that. Um, but we were able to go and we were able to analyse them and stuff. And as I say, that was Kenny's first couple of games. So it was he was still getting to know us as a team and we were still getting to know him as a manager. And um, yeah, again, I repeat, like those games were massive learning curve. And um, probably if we didn't have those, we, we might not have qualified for a major tournament like the Euros. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, getting those two games out of the way early and probably a little bit lucky. Well, not lucky at all, but uh, the fact that it went down to head-to-head in the end, we were able to maybe express ourselves a little bit more in those games, knowing that, you know, Norway probably were going to clean up in, in in those games against Wales especially. Um, and you were able to just focus on those those Wales games as a head-to-head. Kind of all worked in our favour, didn't it, Lauren? And, um, I mean, I'm not going to purport to know loads about the Norwegian women's side. You know, I struggle enough to keep up with the English game. Uh, sometimes, obviously, following Liverpool in the in the championship this season up the WSL, which I'm really excited for, and I'm excited to see some new players that I haven't seen before, and more international players too. But um, I mean, I was funny enough actually. I had a, a <laughs> I had a kid doing my research for me. I'm a teacher, by the way. I don't just get random uh, kids off the street to do my, my podcast research for me. But I had a kid on detention, and he was like, "Yeah, can I do something else other than read?" So I was like, "Yeah, you can tell me everything you know about uh, about Norway women." But he, didn't really come up with anything that that we didn't I didn't really know on you know the big names are the likes of um let me just absolutely get the pronunciation right here Ada Hagenberg uh 26 year old plays for Leon who um 
actually has been in a bit of a dispute with the Norwegian FA, uh, which has uh, unfortunately been solved for us recently. Obviously not unfortunately, because when I actually looked into it, I was very glad it got solved. But um, I just wish it, it could have been about something less serious and, uh, and maybe could have gone on for a bit longer. But no, she is back and um, she obviously didn't play in either of those 6-0 uh, defeats. And there's other world-class players, loads of players playing in the Champions League. Um, who else have we got? Some names like, yeah, Caroline Graham, I think, who sounds uh, more like a Tory MP than a Norwegian footballer, but loads of quality in there. And do, like, w- what do you think constitutes a, a kind of a good result? Or is, is it even about a good result? Is it like going out there and, and playing in a certain way and capturing the hearts of, of these nations that will be watching? Yeah, I kind of echo your sentiment. You know, I'm very much focused on the domestic league and obviously Liverpool over in the WSL. But yeah, you know, Anna Hedenberg coming back, I mean, she... Could she not have waited until the World Cup? Who knows? It's only in like 2023. She could have given us another year. But no. <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, yeah, her and Caroline Graham Hansen are obviously going to be the two main threats up front. And, you know, keeping neither one of them quiet would be, be a miracle. But yeah, first game, I think it is kind of just go out and give a performance that the fans will be proud of. And I think, you know, the fans will be proud either way, you know, to get this far. It's just kind of the hard work has, in essence, been done, you know, getting here. It's just about enjoying the games to come, especially, you know, the first game, um, just going out there and playing in front of a big crowd. And I think that might actually spur Northern Ireland on, you know, I was reading that we're one of the countries that bring, you know, the most fans over to England. Obviously, it's not that far a journey, but even that in itself just shows the support that is is grown and, you know, everybody is is really, really behind um, the team. So, yeah, I think just go out and give a good performance. You know, I don't even think predicting a result would be very fair and, yeah, just go out and see what happens, I think, is the mentality. And, you know, that's it's just great because the pressure is completely off. I think, obviously, Kenny will have his own demands, but, you know, the go out and play a certain style of play as they've done throughout the campaign, I think they'll be happy enough. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, can't wait for that England game as well. We're going to have so many fans over there. And, you know, you wouldn't bet against uh, the Green White Army going over and out singing them uh, in their home patch. Obviously, like, I would, I would quite like to hate England a little bit more. They're actually quite likeable, but certainly a lot less irritating than the men's team, which is really annoying because I would, as I say, quite like to hate them. But uh, yeah, still, I'm sure that'll be a nice little rivalry. And who knows, maybe we can have a point or two on the board by that point, And it might even mean something in a competitive sense as well. And um, Megan, Lauren mentioned something there, which is quite interesting about, you know, how, how, how success probably constitutes of going out and playing how Kenny wants to play. And obviously there's massive pressure on, on the international stage, on, on a major tournament stage and, and going into this game, there must be, like you say, that the pressure in those two Norway games and qualifying, you know, the, the temptation was to go out and, and just kick it up the pitch. And, you know, while there may have been a couple of less goals conceded, um, you know, it's it certainly wouldn't have, have developed the team in the way that it has and, and, and in terms of the results it got ever since. And, you know, do you think there's anything or, you know, you probably you probably know the answer to this being around the squad. Is there any plans to play in any more of a pragmatic way or do you have so much faith in how you played for the last two and a half, three years? You're just going to go out and do the exact same thing and, and trust the process. Look, I think um, the style of or the style of play that Kenny's implemented is now our identity. Um, and for not one second, I think that, that they're going to go into the Euros and try and change their identity. But yeah. And like there is per- like there's periods in the game obviously where you can't you can't press and you can't play out from the back every single time. Um you have to be smart and that's Kenny. Kenny always says work smart, don't work hard. Mm-hmm. Um obviously you know what I mean, like obviously work hard, but he's saying to work smart. So like yeah, if they're high pressing and there's three on the edge of the box, you don't put yourself under pressure. And I think 
as much as it's playing out from the back and being brave, it's it's also good decision making. And Kenny has drilled that in. But also, like at the, from the very beginning, Kenny always said, um, "You're going to make mistakes." Every team talk he tells us that we're going to make a mistake. Um, whereas before there was games that we would have been absolutely hard scared to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Kenny knows that, that we are human as players, and everyone is going to make a mistake in that pitch. Um, but he puts a big emphasis on how you bounce back from that and if you can still be brave after you've made a mistake so no to answer your question I really don't think that there's going to be much of a change in the style of play um, because as I say it's become our identity now and, and it's probably all we know to do now if that makes sense yeah completely and um, you know it's, it's so impressive that they kind of have that mentality going into into major tournaments and you know as I say the, the temptation is that they kind of revert to, to older ways and you know it's difficult because these teams have just so much quality, and you know you always are worried about about what could happen. But you know that could happen anyway, and as long as you sort of stick to the identity, as you say, I think that's the main thing. Who are the who are the main players that stick out in your mind? I'm not sure, kind of how much you follow the like the Norwegian team, or how much like analysis is focused on them compared to you know compared to what what we want to do within the camp. But um, who are kind of the danger the dangers from from your perspective, having watched them or, or even having played against them, Megan? Yeah, so obviously. Um... Hegerberg wasn't there when I played against Norway. Um, when we played, uh, the Caroline Graham Hansen was was unstoppable. Um, oh, Caroline Graham to, Hansen, she sounds less like a Tory MP now. I uh, you missed out her second name. <laughs> I um, didn't, honestly, didn't she, see it, yeah. But. No, she was she was outstanding, a complete standout. Um, but we know that like you just have to look at the world rankings and stuff to know that probably every single player in the Norway team is outstanding. So. Um, you can't underestimate them, but yeah, I would say she she's a standout. She's she was amazing the day we played her. Yeah, totally fantastic player, and then you can see that with the record this season. Um, we'll go on to talk a little bit, Lauren, about the the Northern Ireland squad. Obviously, the main uh, absentees are are Megan and and probably Cara Hamilton as well. She's been around the squad for quite a long time. You know, started as recently as as that England away game, and you know when you look through it, there's probably. I'd say there's probably five or six who you'd say is nailed on, but but Kenny's thrown in so many sort of surprises with his team selections over the last year. Um, in terms of in the in these in these World Cup qualifiers, some tactical tweaks and and some things that you would never really expect. You know, for example, you would expect Sarah McFadden to start in the back three. Um, you know, Rafferty's come in and done well at times. Nelson's obviously just uh, or sorry, Ashley Hutton's just back from the injury. Um, but then Kelsey Burrows, young players, done it, uh, come in and done really well and. Obviously, you know, we know that Kenny likes the the players that play in the local league and have been in that training camp and, and I've been training every week. Um, so, you know, how many do you think are kneeled on and how many spots do you think are up for grabs? Yeah, I think it's quite difficult because I even thought, you know, the Belgian game might give a bit of an indication as those team selection, but, you know, Marissa wasn't available for that game. And then you look at some of the players that were in, I don't think actually was playing in that game as well. So I think he has picked a squad with... You know, players who can play multiple positions. Obviously, Rebecca Holloway could play midfield, or she can play full back, or she can play wing back. And Rebecca McKenna and Kelsey, you know, can fill in at wing back as well as playing full back or even centre back. So I think he's gone for the players that are most tactically flexible. Um, in his team selection, I think you'd have to say maybe, you know, Jackie Burns is obviously nailed on. Um, I don't think there's a doubt about that. Demi Vance is probably the starter. Yes. Sharon McFadden. Um, I'd say Marissa. Rachel Furness and Simone McGill and then after that you know I think it is just depends on kind of what formation he wants to go for and whether he wants you know 
maybe Lauren Wade, you could probably also say, you know, is a bold threat, but then if you also already have, you know, Rachel and Simone in there, it's, you know, kind of a toss-up of what he what he wants from his midfield. So, as you said, yeah, I think there is only quite a few positions that are settled, but, you know, to have those options is great because obviously, you know, the Norway game, I'm sure it'll take, even those who've been playing full-time or those in the full-time training camp, but it's going to take a lot, you know, out of the players, I'd say mentally as much as physically, the big occasion and stuff. So, I think he has picked a good squad in terms of those players that can fill in multiple positions and have that flexibility. Yeah, completely. And and Megan, Lauren mentions and touches upon something there. It's, you know, competition for places, isn't it? You know, I, I could hark back to a day for, you know, any Northern Ireland squad, men or women, where you would really be picking from 12, maybe 13 maximum players. And you kind of knew what the team was going to be every time. And, and not only was that meaning we were, we were you know, tactically... Um, inflexible and, and not able to do different things. Um, it, it also meant that the players who were in the squad, you know, I guess were never really worried about their places and, and, and kind of maybe became a little bit complacent in that respect. And like, how good is it kind of to have, I, I'd say, you know, 19, 20 players there. You can all um, realistically expect a start or, you know, hope for a start at some point in this European Championships. Do you think that's been a key part of the of, of the Kenny Shields reign as well, that competition for places? Yeah, I think... Um... Obviously, like you would look a couple of years back and almost pick the squads themselves. And um, when you go back the past maybe five, six years, um, the pool of players wasn't as big. But um, since Kenny's come in, there's been a real competition for places. And, and Kenny's very fair in the way that if you play well, you'll stay in the team. Um, yeah. And everyone gets a fair chance. And um competition for places is healthy because as you said it stops people from getting complacent and everyone knows that they need to work hard um, and he's not afraid to leave people out either so um, yeah I think it just keeps everybody on their toes almost yeah completely um, and Lauren you look through that that squad and as I say I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the midfield and you know as you say Rachel Furness is probably likely to to um, to play and, and, and start all of those games, you would think. As you say, Callahan mostly starts as well, uh, can start off the left as well. And not only is there, is there kind of competition for places, there's also, as you, as you say, a lot of tactical flexibility there. And, and that will benefit players who, who want to start in this team. You know, you've got Julie Andrews, who came in, but I thought had a great game against England's home, really, really good. And um, Chloe McCarran's been around the squad for a while, probably can feel a little bit um, hard done by not to have started more games recently because I think she's been, been really good, but obviously something slightly different to the likes of, you know, a, a McDaniel or Nadine Caldwell. You know, all those players, you've rattled off there, all those players in the in the midfield can, can realistically ask for a start. And, you know, while other teams are expected to win these games and come in heavy favourites, it must be very hard to analyse. Yeah, exactly, especially because, you know, most of those players you mentioned are playing in the local league. Um, but even as well, when you look at the front line, you know, Simone's probably likely to start, but you've Caitlin McGuinness, who's a great hold-up player. You have Emily Wilson, who's great at running in behind. So you do have different options of strikers, you know, if you need to change it. And I think that's the beauty of the squad, as you said as well, the midfield. They all kind of offer something different. So he's definitely gone for, you know, just these different options. So there's a lot of flexibility um, in whatever tactics or kind of systems he wants to employ, especially, you know, mid-game with substitutions being able to be made as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, we can go out there and we can give performance. You know, it is a very strong squad. And you look at some of the players that missed out, not only those um, injured, but some of those that weren't selected as well. And you kind of see the strength that is there that Megan was talking about that probably hadn't been there a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with 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 any of that really. And um, 
Megan, last couple of questions, really. Um, firstly, how much do you feel that the, the training camp and going full-time for these last six months uh, has, has benefited you girls? And how, how kind of has, has everyone, I suppose, coped with it? You know, obviously, with a few more players playing full-time, playing the full-time leagues over in England and Scotland, they're used to doing this every day and training every day. Um, but I know even from, you know, just to, to draw a parallel with the, the, the Irish League and the men's, you know, a lot of those teams have gone full-time recently and a lot of the players have talked and you know about how their bodies have, have really struggled to, to adapt to those, but the girls seem to have, have come in and, and done pretty well. There haven't been sort of as many injuries or muscular injuries, um, and and I guess you know it's it's they've they've taken to it like a uh, like a duck to water, and that's shown in the in the most recent friendly where until the red card we we competed again with the top Belgian side, we competed with Switzerland, we competed with Romania uh, in those friendlies across this year, and. Um, you know, it's it's just been so impressive how they've adapted to what is like a, a massive not only change in schedule of their bodies, but just in life in general, isn't it? Yeah, I think most of them are dragging going back to work. To be honest, a <laughs> um, couple of them have to go back now. I'm working the bank. I'm working B and Q. So, um, yeah, but no, as you say, um, full time training is always going to make players better. Um, and that contact time and the fact that there's so many in the squad who were in the full-time environment at home. They were playing with each other every single day. Kenny was having that contact time every single day. So that was only going to make them better as a team um, and as individuals in terms of like tactically, technically, and like obviously it's going to make them fitter too. So um, yeah, I just think it was, I mean, a great idea all around. And um, hopefully, well, I think in the Belgium, in the Belgium game, you could see that it has made a difference and obviously going into these games, um, I think it will show a difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely, completely. Um, and Lauren, we'll, we'll start to wrap it up now because A, my battery is on about 6% here. B, that seagull's getting really loud and C, Love Island's starting another 15 minutes. But um, <laughs> I'll not ask Megan for predictions. I don't think that's fair. But um, I guess, well, not, we'll not do score predictions, but... Um, how many points do you think Northern Ireland are going to get across these three games? Can we realistically even slightly hope for a point? Do you think that's probably not realistic, but like, are, are you holding out for that that kind of dream moment? Yeah, I'm holding out for the Austria draw. I really am. Just CPU has just inspired me so much. I really do. And I think considering how much, as I said, we were in the game before those few mistakes, the last time we played them, I generally do really believe and you know as Megan said about the full-time training even you know watching the domestic games you can see like how much it's benefited the players that have been playing regularly after you know going through that setup so I definitely think knowing that they'll reap the rewards and yeah I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm forever an optimist so I definitely think a point is, is possible. Definitely and in that home game against Austria we've we, we, we played so well um you know, and for 60 minutes, probably we're the better team. Uh, and Megan said, I said last word to Lauren, but I'll, I'll go last word to you. So I think that's a wee fair. Obviously, um, you know, we mentioned Norway. We mentioned the parallels to those games at, at the start under Kenny. Um, just to touch on that Austria game dead quickly. Um, you know, how much confidence do you think it'll give the girls the fact that we've already got a result against Austria? You know, we're, what, seconds away from getting three points. And as Lauren mentions in that away game, you know, matched them for most of that game, bar a sort of 15-minute period where there a few mistakes cre- uh, crept in. Like that must, you know, the fact that we've already taken a point off one of our rivals in 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 this group really must must inspire the girls so much and give them so much belief, as if they didn't need it already. No, a hundred percent. And I think you look at that home game, and obviously the crowd were massive in that, and that was unbelievable. And the atmosphere that was created in CV that night was was incredible. But after that game, and and with them scoring in the last minute, that felt more like a defeat. 
Um, yeah. where years ago we would have been celebrating, flip me, we've just got a point against Austria. But I think how the girls felt after that game just shows you how much women's football's came in Northern Ireland from like three, four, five years ago. And um, again, we were, we were leading in that game and, and we also went away and we're really disappointed with the outcome of the game and obviously I say the away game. But um, no, I know that the girls will be going into that game fully optimistic and with a game plan and, and be really confident that um, if they stick to the game plan and put it out well, then there's no reason why we can't beat Austria. Um, never mind draw, you know, and, and I think Kenny is a massive optimist and he goes into every game wanting to win. Yeah, spot on, spot on. And and there's absolutely no reason why not, as you say, with, with the mentality that it's kind of you, you've, you've come through with tonight in the podcast and, and has, has been uh, with the girls for the last two and a half years, three years under Kenny. Um, just phenomenal that we're, we're even doing this podcast, really. I never thought I'd be doing uh, another one in June, but uh, thanks to you girls, we are, we are doing it. So yeah, we'll wrap it up there. And um, thank you so much to Megan Bell and to Lauren McCann for coming on and previewing uh, the Norway game slash the, the group as a whole. And uh, we should hopefully be back with some shows um, after the games, direct aftermath of the games. I know Lauren's um, going to the Austria game, so no pressure on you to get some content for us there, Lauren. But uh, yeah, a few exclusive interviews would be nice indeed. Um, but I hope you really enjoy it, Megan. I hope you really enjoy going down uh, and supporting the girls um, and being a part of it as well. Um, but yes, just thanks, thanks to you both for coming on. Thanks to you guys at home for listening. And I'm sure this won't be the last time you hear from us um, across this major tournament. All the best. Bye-bye.